This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to Dogman Radio. This is Chris Fetters of Dogman.com here with Scott Eklund. Kim Grinnells is out playing golf somewhere in Palm Springs or Palm Desert or somewhere down south. Somewhere warm. I, yeah, I have no idea, but he's taking a little bit of a break, a welcome break, and and uh, and we'll probably be doing certain things in short order to to take a bit of a break before spring football. But the big news Tuesday, today, this morning, uh, just got done watching Jimmy Lake with his little media Zoom call with Guy Haberman and Yogi Roth of the Pac-12 Networks talking about the 2021 football schedule that just came out. The composite schedule for the Pac-12 was released around 8.10 or so today. I, I, they gave us the 10 minutes, Scott, to, to, to really make us, you know, feel fully unhinged in terms of like, you know, I mean, they're already weeks behind the rest of the conferences in terms of releasing their schedules, but, uh. Um, why not take 10 seconds, 10 minutes more? 10 right? minutes more, yeah. exactly. You know, why, why not build up the, uh, the, 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 um, the suspense any more than you have to? I'm right? going to be honest with you, and I know we're going to talk about the schedule, Chris, but the presentation, I actually was pretty impressed with the way they did it. In terms of just the Zoom calls and just, yeah, 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 the way it was done, um, they they had highlights ready to go. It wasn't just three talking heads, you know, two talking heads and a coach or anything like that. I I actually thought for for once they did a pretty darn good job in their presentation and the way they did it. Well, I'll tell you what, there should be one organization that should be taking notes on how the Pac-12 Networks did that Zoom call. That's the Seattle Mariners. But we're we're not going to get off on a tangent okay. there. But I would ask for your initial impressions, especially with Washington's schedule, on um on uh, you know just kind of what the 2021 schedule looks like, just to break it down for everyone real quickly. Um, for those that haven't gotten a chance to really see it, we already knew about the three non-conference games that start out in September. So you've got Montana on September 4th, and these are all Saturday games, except for there will be two Friday games down the road. But you've got Montana on the 4th. You've got at Michigan on the weekend of 9-11, which is going to be a monster weekend for the Pac-12 in general, which we will touch on a little bit later. And then after that, uh, Arkansas State, first time that the two teams have ever played. I think it's the first time Arkansas State's played a Pac-12 team since USC six years ago. So that'll be an interesting matchup. And then they host Cal to start out on the weekend of the 25th, September. And then they go down to Oregon State uh, to play the weekend of, of um, October 2nd, right before their bye week. So their bye week comes after their first five games of the season. Pretty nice, evenly balanced uh, placement for the bye and then after that, they host UCLA on the 16th of October. And then they have back-to-back road games on the 23rd and 30th at Arizona, at Stanford. The Arizona game is a Friday night game, which is nice. Because if you have back-to-back games on the road, it will be nice to get that extra day's rest. So they do have that. 
And then the week of November 6th is the big game against Oregon in Seattle. And then after that, the 13th of November, they host Arizona State. And then they travel to Boulder. Could be very snowy, could be very wintry the weekend of November 20th at Colorado. And then they finish it up hosting Washington State in the Apple Cup um, on Friday, the 27th of November, day 26. after Thanksgiving. 20. Excuse me, 26, excuse me, yeah. uh, the day after Thanksgiving. So, Scott, laid it all out there. What do you think? <laughs> well, uh, initial initial thoughts were very manageable schedule. Uh, tough uh, four or five game stretch there toward the end uh, with, uh, you know, UCLA at home. Granted, I think they're better than UCLA, but UCLA and Washington always play each other pretty tough. At Arizona, Arizona's not a good football team, but things just always seem to happen down there in the desert. Then you're, then you're at Stanford. That's a tough game. Playing on grass. Washington doesn't play well on grass. Oregon at home. Arizona State at home. Then on the road at Colorado, another grass game and probably really nasty and cold down there. Um, that's a tough stretch of games, um, but very manageable, I think, overall. Nice to see Oregon not have a bye. I, I know people were making predictions about that <laughs> happening yet again. Um, but no, no, no bye week for Oregon the weekend before the game, um, against Washington. And I think overall, very favorable. Um, I think it sets Washington up nicely. Those two road games and then two home games, that four game stretch right there, October 22nd through November 13th is, is going to kind of tell the tale of the season, in my opinion. Yeah, no, no question that those, those back to back road games are going to be tough. And if you did have a red flag for Washington's schedule, it would be the fact that the Stanford game, their second road game back to back, it comes after Stanford gets a bye. So if, if they do lose that game, but then they, let's say they run the rest of the table, that obviously that's, um, would be a huge ask. But if they were able to do that and now all of a sudden get in the conversation for the playoff, you know, now you're going to have the John Wilners, you're going to have the other guys that, that look at this stuff critically in terms of the Pac-12 go, you know, could the Pac-12 have done a little bit more to, to protect some of their top teams? I mean, they've done it with Oregon. Oregon's the only team in the Pac-12 this year that will not have back-to-back road games in conference. They have protected yeah. USC and UCLA in the sense that they don't have any fr- any Friday night games. Um, you know, so they, they've done certain things to kind of protect some of their, you know, their, their more valued properties. Washington, I would say that they have done that for the most part. I mean, they're not playing SC, they're not playing Utah. So they, they, you know, they're helped that way, but you're right. I mean, games on grass against, uh, at Stanford, at Colorado, two years ago, they lost both those games. Yeah. So they've got to be better on grass. I mean, who knows why that is? I mean, get into the psychology of it and all that stuff. But the simple fact of the matter is there's really only one minor red flag in this schedule, and that is the fact that Stanford comes off a bye before Washington plays them back-to-back road games uh, after playing Arizona. And and the Pac-12 did what they could do. They mitigated it by giving Washington an extra day. So you have to give them credit for that if you're going to be critical of the other piece. Um, but the bye is perfectly placed, in my opinion. I mean, it's balanced right there in the middle. Um you know, the, 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 the latest bye week in the composite schedule is week 10, which would be the weekend of November 6th. We've seen it in the past, Scott, where USC played their entire season before getting their bye week. 
Yeah, it was a bye week before it when it was their bye week before. If uh, they didn't go to the title game that year, right? But everybody thought. I don't remember, but it's still insanity. It's still insanity. The bye weeks here are between uh, week five and week ten, and you know, uh, you know, a lot of them, four of them are going to be the same bye as Washington. Oregon gets the uh, one that weekend. Colorado does. Cal does. Um, it looks like fall. UCLA gets two buys, but that's because they play a 13th game in, in Hawaii. Or, uh, right. They play Hawaii, and then they get yeah. one during week two, which is the weekend yeah. of 9-11. Um, so ultimately, I, th- I think it's a very, very fair schedule. Obviously, it sets up very similarly to the 2019 schedule for obvious reasons. I mean, you're you're flip-flopping back and forth. You've got the five conference home games, which is you always have to take advantage of that when you get it. And the road games – you know, again, outside of what we've talked about with Stanford, um, and, and a late Colorado game, you'd love to be able to get maybe, uh, a game against Colorado earlier in the schedule, but you take it where you get it. And then obviously hosting the Apple Cup is big, but hosting Arizona State and Oregon in those back to back weeks, um, those, those are going to be tough games. Those are going to be tough, are, but they're critical. Yeah. They're going to be critical. It's like when they, yeah. it's like when they hosted Oregon and Utah back to back two years ago. That's going to be a, a real critical piece. Well, Chris, if you look at it, who are the top four? I mean, if you just go by the pundits and what everybody sees on paper, the top four teams in the conference, uh, in 2021, heading into 2021 are going to be Washington and Oregon in the north and USC and Arizona state in the south. And Washington is essentially, and they are not playing USC in this, this schedule, but they're essentially playing a three team round robin with Arizona, uh, Arizona State, um, and Oregon in uh, those two weeks. Yeah. And I don't know where you put Utah in that mix, but you're right. And they also miss Utah. So, yeah. uh, it's another thing as well. The other kind of weird anomaly about this too is that Stanford plays all power five teams this year. And I think that's the first time. That's happened in 10 years. Wow. You know, I just, I'm just noticing that. Yeah. As far as the Pac 12 is concerned, because they, they play Kansas State and Vanderbilt and Notre Dame as their three. And Notre Dame is a usual schedule for them. So it's really the other two. Yeah. That, that replaced them. Yeah. And you, and you made a point off the air before this, um, about, the the rivalry week uh right you know the week of, of Thanksgiving how there's the natural rivalries you got the territorial cup with Arizona Arizona State you've got Colorado Utah's starting to to build up into that kind of natural um Rocky Mountain rivalry obviously the Apple Cup you've got the Civil War you got the you, you know big game is weird too cuz i don't know where the big the big game yeah. The big game and the, it's the Californias. What yeah. is California doing? Because the it's big, California, Chris. <laughs> the big game, the big game and the, and the victory bell game are both the week before. Why, why are they doing this? Why does the back 12 do this? I, I have to believe that, um, and see, I would have said that it was cause one year, I know for a couple of years, USC was playing Notre Dame the last game of the season and that's a marquee game nationally, right? Um, but yeah. this year it's Stanford and Notre Dame. So, I, you know, it's baffling to me the, the why they do it. I'm sure there's some mandate that the California schools have just said, hey, we're going to play that the weekend before Thanksgiving. And maybe because, um, there's so many other teams that, that are playing their, their rival that weekend of, you know, Thanksgiving weekend 
that they don't want to be competing against those other teams for the national spotlight. I just, and one of the things I love about the USC UCLA game is they both play in their home jerseys and, you know, they're both playing in the, 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 what is it? Um, uh, yeah, golden scarlet, I guess is what it is. And, and then, oh, it's uh, called the ketchup and mustard. Yeah. And, and then, uh, UCLA is in their, their darker blue and, and gold. And, uh, I love watching that game. It's a lot of fun from a visual standpoint. And, um, yeah, I, I, wow. Well, I, I just, I don't know. It's just, it's, it seems like a natural letdown because yeah. they play that victory bell game. And let's say SC is you know, in potential playoff consideration. Then they they finish the season hosting BYU. Yeah. Now, if Zach Wilson had stuck around and was at BYU, yeah, that could be, be phenomenal. Yeah. That could have been that could have been an, an absolute marquee game. That could have been a game for a playoff spot. You just never know. But mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you can't you can't obviously you can't. Um, you know, figure out how these things are going to happen this far in advance, especially with non-conference schedules. I mean, someone was saying, I think the Vanderbilt Stanford non-conference, the, the home and home or whatever was scheduled like, <laughs> I don't know, like six, seven years ago. And it was like, or, or maybe even a lot longer than that. I can't remember, but it was a long time ago. And, um, you just never know, like Kansas State. I mean, they probably, who knew what Kansas State was going to be like. Um, you know, back in the day, but in terms of Washington's, for instance, you know, you, we talked about how we, we, we've known for a long time, uh, Montana, Michigan, Arkansas state, Jen Cohen, I know, and, and most of the ADs out there want to stick to that ABC style scheduling where the A is the marquee, B is the mid level, C is what people would perceive to be a cupcake type. If, if we want to use that term, do you feel like they did that or does it feel more like ACC? I think it's more like an ACC minus, um, you know, and, and Jimmy, you know, promoted Montana as one of the top, uh, FCS programs out there right now. And they have been traditionally over the years, they've been a pretty good team, but you know, they're not, they're not what they, they had been. Um, and, uh, you know, Arkansas State, I think, is more of a is more of a C competition. Now, watch Washington struggles in both of those games, right? But uh, you know, I, I just I look at this as an A C C minus or A C C, whatever you want to say. I, I would look at a school like oh, I mean, it, a lot of this, you know, Chris. Everybody gets on these these um, athletic directors for you know the this bad scheduling or whatever and i'm like well yeah some of these schedules were made like five six seven years ahead of time they don't know what this program is going to look like at that point in time have they recruited well have they gone through 10 different coaching changes in that time you know what i mean it's just there's so many things that could go wrong but i'm looking at some of these um out of conference games and usc is the usc and ucla as typical um they're they're the only ones playing uh well and then stanford you said this is the first time in quite a while that they they haven't played um, an FCS school. So, but those three teams are all playing, um, uh, you know, uh, other FBS schools. And I think Stanford's got the toughest schedule um, oh, of yeah. the bunch. Yeah. I mean, I'm just I'm looking at this, and is there is there a Notre Dame game an away game or is it a home game? It's a home game. It's a home game. Okay. It's a home game. So, the, the Kansas yeah. State's a neutral site. 
yeah. I believe it's being played in Texas at the Dal- at Dallas Stadium, AT&T. Mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, but they're at SC. They're at Vanderbilt. So that's not necessarily easy yeah. right off the bat. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then they've got, they've got a similar schedule in terms of a back-to-back road game like Washington does, but their back-to-backs are at ASU and then at Washington State. Mm-hmm. But they're, but their ASU game's a Friday game. So they get the benefit of that extra day. So yeah, and I'll least, ta- yeah. the Pac-12's done, you know, they've tried to do a little bit in terms of mitigating these back-to-back road situations because I think half the conference is dealing with it. Yeah, now, I'm looking at this and maybe I'm thrown off here. It is Wazoo only playing. Two, oh no, there's BYU. Okay. I was like, where is the B? Okay. There's the third one. So they're playing. Yeah. BYU yeah, is it's playing eight. It's, yeah. it's really weirdly placed. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, there's a lot of weird placements in some well, of this and B- stuff. And BYU's yeah. all over this. Come yeah. On, let's see. I'm saying one, two. They've got three, five, five. Four, yeah. No. Uh. Yeah. Five scheduled games. Yeah. That's that's yeah, they're pretty playing, impressive. They're playing Arizona, but that's now that's a neutral site game because mm-hmm. they're playing that in Vegas, which I I think we could go to that in a little bit. But I do think that the Allegiant Stadium where the Raiders play in Vegas, I think I would be shocked if that's not used at least once or twice by a Pac-12 teams going forward, like every yeah. season. I think people. I think. Because you see these neutral site games, you see the one in Dallas, you know, where the, where the, where the Cowboys play. You see the one like Washington did when they played Auburn in Atlanta. That's the Chick-fil-A one. That's, that's mm-hmm. always been a popular one. It always feels like these neutral site games have always been kind of Texas and East. Mm-hmm. This, this, this Allegiant field at, in, at, uh, in Vegas where the Raiders play, I think the Pac-12 has got to utilize this thing. Yeah. At least once twice a year. Yeah, especially a school like Washington State who – and this is no rip on Washington State. They just have problems getting big schools to come out and play them at their field. Now now they can say, hey, we're going to play you guys in Las Vegas. How nice of a weekend is that? You know, the, the kickoff weekend for people to go down, gamble, you know, do some do some stuff down there. Las Vegas is still pretty warm <laughs> in, in t- into um, October. October, November. So, um, you know, it'll be nice and hot for people down there, but, uh, in an air, is that, that's an, uh, that's an indoor stadium, right? It's not open to the outside. I think it's covered, it's covered but I think it's partly open. If and I it's remember grass. right. It's grass too. Yeah. I know that. Yeah. So, yeah. and that, and that's going to be the home of the Pac-12 championship game moving forward as well. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah so true. in fact, this so, is the first, the 2021 season is the first year it'll be, that'll be the weekend of the third of December. Yep. So, um, yeah, Chris, let's talk about that second week of the season, though, 9-11, cause that is huge, like you said, for the Pac-12. Yeah. No, this is, let's just run it down. So Arizona's hosting San Diego State. Solid, decent matchup. Uh, Arizona State is hosting UNLV. Now we start to get into the tricky ones. Cal is, is traveling to Texas Christian, TCU, and that'll be in Fort Worth, Dallas, Fort Worth area. And then Colorado is playing Texas A&M in Denver. So it's, it's kind of like when Auburn played Washington in Atlanta. It's not a home game, but they might as well call it a home game for Colorado. So that'll be good. Then Oregon travels to Ohio State, which is monstrous. Uh, Oregon State hosts Hawaii. Stanford and USC play. So Stanford's got to go to USC. That's obviously a huge 
early conference game, but we've kind of gotten used to Stanford and USC playing early conference games for some reason. And that is the, that is the only conference game. That is the first conference game period. Yeah. It's it's kind of become like Washington and Cal for some Mm -hmm. reason. Washington and Cal have just all of a sudden decided to play early. Um, UCLA's got their bye, but again, that's because they're playing Hawaii two weeks earlier. But who do they play the week before that? Right. They host LSU. (laughs) So that's monstrous as well. But going back to 9-11, so, and then Utah, is play, is at BYU. So again, we've got the, the, um, the Holy War, which yep. obviously is a, a huge thing in that state in, in Utah. Washington at Michigan, obviously the big marquee game for all Washington fans. And then the, the one team that doesn't yeah, play, you know, just, Washington yeah. State hosting Portland State, let down city. Yeah. Unbelievable. Wah, wah. Yeah, yeah. They had it's... a chance. They had a chance to do something there. But you no, know, again, I'm not saying BYU, uh, Washington State didn't play anybody. I mean, they do play BYU down the road. But what if BYU had been in, on that week instead of you know the the Holy War and they had played the Holy War maybe earlier or later? Yeah, but um, then who would that would have been have played? Uh, you know, 9/11 is it's just it's as big a week as as the Pac-12 has had in a long, long time in terms of non-conference games. Yeah, so, and and I mean the week before that too, you you've got Oregon State at Purdue and then UCLA versus uh, LSU. Those are those are two huge games too. But yeah, I, I Chris, I couldn't agree with you more. Huge weekend for the Pac-12. If they could, if they can get, if they can come out with um, Washington, Oregon, Colorado, and Cal. If they can come out two and two in those in those games, and uh, you know, and 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 play well and look good on a national scale, I think that's going to do a lot for the national perception of the conference. Yeah, I remember when Cal traveled to Mississippi State a few years back and won. Um, I, I just wonder if a win at TCU, how much that's going to really register on the national radar. It should, but I'm. Just a little wary. Well, I think of, I think some of the luster of TCU has worn off a little bit. Um, I agree. You know, I mean, Gary Patterson is a heck of a coach down there and stuff. But playing in the Big Twelve, they're now the what are they? They're, they're behind Oklahoma. They're behind, behind Texas. They're probably behind Oklahoma State. Um, who else is who else is up there for the Big Twelve? I no, mean, Iowa State is not. Iowa State's playing well, so. Let's say they're behind those four teams. That puts you fifth in the conference. Yeah, so. and, and that's the thing. You know, that's a true road game. Whereas if Colorado beats Texas A&M and Denver, I think nationally a lot of people are going to say that's a bigger win than Cal traveling what yeah. fifteen hundred miles plus to mm-hmm. to to beat uh, TCU at home. I, I yeah. wonder. I mean, I I wonder. It, it's a hard balance. I don't know which is the tougher game, honestly. Um, cause I almost really want to give more weight to a true road game, for instance, especially when the game in Denver is essentially a home game for Colorado. It should be. Mm-hmm. And they get the benefit of altitude and all that stuff. So, you know, we'll see how that works. I mean, it, it, it's interesting because we talked about the uh, Allegiant uh, Stadium in Vegas being non-conference. I'm surprised more Pac-12 teams haven't maybe warmed to the idea in the past of using the mile high in Denver. Um, because they have to play a lot of times in that altitude yeah. anyways, and not a lot of other teams nationally have to do that. Well, uh, Colorado always seems to play Colorado State. Yeah. Yeah, in, in that stadium. They're not playing Colorado State this year. That's right. So, they played Northern Colorado yeah. the week before. 
Yeah, so they're 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 three non-conference games for Colorado are Northern Colorado, Texas A&M, and then Minnesota. And Chris, I'm looking at the composite graphic, the graphic, so it doesn't say at. Where do they play at? Are they at Minnesota? They are no, they host Minnesota. Host Minnesota, okay. Yeah. So I mean, Minnesota's an improved team. Absolutely, a, yeah. We haven't really talked about that. Up, yeah, yeah, haven't talked about that non-conference game either. But again. I think not, when you look at 9-11, the teams they're playing, and then you take a look at, you know, LSU going to UCLA and Purdue and then Oregon, Oregon State having to travel to Purdue. Those are obviously the monster non-conference games. And then of course the, the various weekends that, that BYU is involved in the Pac-12, um, will be big too, I think, for a little bit, just because whether it's fair or not, I think the national reputation of BYU is more on the rise. Uh, because of Zach Wilson, because of the way they played um, last year in the sh- in the shortened schedule, um, so they have the little bit of benefit of the doubt hey, as far as that goes. Hey Chris, on I, I'm also just looking at a, a conference week where all the conference teams are playing each other. I'm looking at Week Seven, uh, the weekend of the 16th of October. Mm-hmm. Um, you have Arizona State, Utah, Cal, Oregon, and that's a game that. Um, that's a Friday night game. I, yeah, that's a Friday night game. And that's a game that, uh, Cal and Oregon both have buys, uh, oh. coming into that game. So that should be interesting. Then you've got Colorado, uh, Arizona and, eh, you know, Arizona's just not a very good program right now. Hopefully Jed Fish can get them back being pretty good. You got Stanford and Wazoo, UCLA, Washington. And, um, you know, I, I just, I look at that and I'm like, man, that's when, when some serious moves could be made as far as, you know, teams starting to make moves within their divisions. Well, there's no question that that Stanford game at Washington State could be a booby trap game. Mm-hmm. I mean, those, that's kind of a classic, right? Because they're, they're, they'll be coming off their second road win or second road game because they play at Arizona State the week before. They do get a Friday, so they get the benefit of an extra day there before they go to Washington State. But it's classic. You know, it's like when Oregon uh, beat Washington, and then they had to travel to Washington State and lost. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's just kind of one of those things that happens. When you when you have those back-to-back road games, they can be tough. They can be very tricky, very, very tricky. And so, again, so- when, when half, the, half, the, half the conference is dealing with it. Um, in terms of back to backs. And, uh, it is, I mean, it is to Oregon's benefit, huge benefit that they don't have to worry about back to back, uh, road games this year. Yeah. And it's looking like USC and UCLA are the only two teams, if I'm looking at this right, that don't have a Friday game. Correct. Is that true? Yep. yep. Okay. That's why I, meant, I mentioned that a little oh, earlier. Oh, you did. Okay. I'm sorry about that. Yeah. Um, Anything else that really stands out to you as far as the schedule? Because we can move um, on real quick to, to spring ball, but yeah, yeah, let's let's move on. Um, I mean, the only week it looks like that every team is playing. There, there's looks like there's four weeks, five weeks that every team is or six weeks that every team is playing that weekend, and um, yeah, it's. It's going to be fun. I really hope we're able to schedule, keep this schedule. I remember hearing Jimmy Lake when he was on uh, the Pac-12 network. He said, I'm just excited that it's a 12-game schedule. 
He goes, it could have been two home games and 10 road games. I'd be fired up right now because we're talking football and we're ready. We're, we kind of got it right in front of us now. So, yeah, I only see actually, I, I mean, I, I know what you're saying with the six weeks where they, where everyone's playing, but it only looks like four weeks, four of those weeks are ones where it was, where it's just Pac 12. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Cause you've got the, the final, cause of again, with USC playing BYU, Stanford, Stanford uh, hosting Notre, Notre Dame. Dame you know, that, that final week, that takes it out of it. And then obviously you've got the non-conference stuff at the, at the head of the schedule. Um, and then of course with BYU playing some funky, uh, weeks in there mm-hmm. too, that kind of throws some things out. So yeah, of the, of the 14 weeks that they're dealing with, if you include the championship game weekend, only four of those are, are going to be just Pac-12 schedules with no buys. So little frustrating there. I, I, I'm sure everyone would like to have, uh, you know, a lot more kind of a jam-packed schedule. But, again, I think one of the things that the Pac-12 schedules did very, very well this year was placing those buys in that um, in that bracket between Week 5 and Week 10 so that there wasn't any super, you know, there wasn't a real big stagger in terms, like I said in the past, I've seen it where USC didn't even get their buy until the season was over. So that hopefully those those days are done. The wait is over. The Shy returns with new episodes on Paramount+. Plus. What brings you to the show? Opportunity. Everybody get down! Walk right up to the side. A new rain is coming to the south side. Never should have sent a boy to do a woman's job. The Shy. New episodes now streaming. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash The Shy to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with the Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. The subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply. Let's go into spring real quick. Jimmy Lake just did, had a, a couple quick notes on that. We, we knew that, uh, April 7th was when spring football is going to start. We've known that for a little bit and he confirmed that. And then he said the spring game or what I think he called it spring day, um, is going to be May 1st, which is interesting because it's the first time I remember it being all the way into May. Usually we're talking about the end of April, but, uh, it'll be May 1st. And I assume he's calling it spring day because there's, there's going to be other events that go on. I know a lot of times there's been softball games or baseball games or other things that have gone on and they've tried to kind of tie everything together. Um, but you know, April 7th to May 1st, you have a good feeling about spring ball so far? Yeah. Yeah. I do. Um, I, I just hope that we get to watch more than just the one game. Hey, I'll take getting to even just see the one game, but, um, you know, I, and it sounds like it's going to be a game. That's, that's what he said it was going to be last year. I'm assuming he's going to hold true with that. There's a lot of school. It's funny because for a long time, schools were going, programs were going away from, from playing a game and we're just utilizing it as another practice. And now everybody's going back to playing a game. Uh, part of that's just to increase the fan interest a little bit more because, you know, who wants to go watch a practice? You know, so, um, I, you know, I, I feel pretty good. I, I, I hope that we as, as, and I hope fans too, but I don't, I just don't see it happening. I, but I hope we as, um, people who cover the team get to go out and at least watch one game or one practice per, per week. You know, it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be every practice or anything like that. But if they could just let us in and see what's going on so we can give the fans a little bit of a taste of, of who's progressing, who isn't, who looks good, who doesn't. Things like that. I, I really hope that's what we get to see, but all of it's going to kind of depend on 
where things are at numbers wise um, from a from a uh, COVID standpoint and and their comfort level and letting us in there because what what do we have twenty twenty five people in there for, yeah, for media. I mean- well, probably not that many, but if you okay, get photographers, maybe. Yeah, but, um, but but we could spread it in the sections. We we could cover two sections. They could spread us out. We don't have to, and and we don't have to do all of the interviews in person. We can all we can do them all on Skype or whatever, or not Skype, but on uh, Zoom or whatever. But um, yeah, I I I gotta figure there's got to be a way for us to do this. Yeah, well, I think the Zoom thing's here to stay. I mean, I don't think that's going to change. Uh, I just get a sense that they feel like that's the safest way to do it. Um, it's very, very convenient, especially for the media. Um, it's hopefully still pretty convenient for them to deal with things. Um, but man, from, from your lips to the athletic department's ears, I mean, mm-hmm. if we could get, if we could literally see them once a week, that would be fantastic. Uh, I'm not holding out much hope for that. I'm really thinking at this point the the spring day or spring game will probably be just for parents only um, and maybe some some close friends. They've started to do that. They started to do uh, that. Are you and I close basketball. Friends? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll need to be a, we'll find we'll need to be, find a, a player or someone we can become a close friend with. But yes, um, the basketball team started to let in friends and family the last couple of games at um, Alaska Airlines Arena at the end of the basketball season. So I think. There's hope, you know, that's kind of dimly visible on the horizon. Uh, but again, like I said, you know, common sense, if we can still kind of stay vigilant and do the things that we need to do, you know, everyone get the vaccine as soon as possible. I think we can really speed this thing up. But I'm really gearing more towards fall camp and really hoping yeah. that's when we really get comfortable and the AD gets comfortable with idea with people coming in in the Washington bubble because we really almost still have to think of it as a bubble. Still, mm-hmm. um, you know, but you've got you've got teams that are already practicing, Scott. I mean, yeah. Cal. I mean, Justin Wilcox was talking about their practicing. Um, I think I don't I don't remember if, it, if it's Arizona or Arizona State that's already in, involved. But I mean, yeah, it, it's crazy that there's already you know camp going on. But again, you lose kind of track of of time and space when you're not uh, going out and seeing these things in in person, and you haven't for a while now. Um, so again, I really do hope that what you're talking about in terms of maybe like just a weekly, you know, time to be able, and not just the, we're not talking about the 20 minutes that photographers get to just snap pictures and then go, it would be nice to be able to actually sit in the stands, distanced, be able to watch what's going on. And then, you know, we can podcast, we can do whatever to kind of give our impressions of what we see. That would be ideal. Am I hopeful that that's going to happen? I'm not hopeful. I, I'm I'm heartened by the fact that you're more hopeful. That gives me that gives me some hope, I guess. But I think overall, I'd be surprised if things really change. At you all. See, usually, I'm the pessimistic bastard it's of the true. three of us. So. No, it's true. But that's <laughs> and and it may be just and it may be wishful thinking. But again, I'm I wonder how much things are going to change in a month. And I think a lot of it also has to do with how many people are eventually vaccinated ASAP. Yeah. And if they can, if that can happen, I think that's going to give them a lot more ammunition to say, you know what? We feel good about these people coming in because they've, they've taken care of their business. They've gotten the jab, so to speak. They've, they've gotten the shot and, and they're, um, and they're doing everything they can to be uh, handling these things as safely as possible. So yeah. hopefully that'll happen. We'll see. 
there's a few weeks obviously still to go, but you know, you just emailed, emailed me this morning, Scott. We've got a lot of content on the horizon to lay yeah. everything out as far as the spring previews go, position by position. Uh, a lot of battles going on, um, especially with the news that Sam Heward's going to try to play three or four games at Kennedy Catholic and then immediately roll right into spring football at Washington, which I think is going to be really interesting yep. to pay attention to and see how that works. Um, so again, just one more reason why it'd be so great to be able to get out there for a few minutes and see these guys chuck it around a little bit. Any final thoughts, Scott? Uh, no, I mean, you, you've said a lot of it, you know, I, I, uh, it's going to be a crazy month because we've got a lot of preview content. Plus I think things will pick up just a little bit on the recruiting trail. I think you're going to see some more bat, another batch of offers here, go out here in the next week or two. And, and, uh, the coaches, you know, I, I think they're really looking forward to seeing some of this film. I mean, the, the fact that I, – I, when does uh, – I haven't paid as close attention as I probably should have. Cal uh, games start kicking off here next week? Is it this weekend? As far as what? Uh, Cal, Cal football games, like high school football games. Oh, high school football games. Yeah. Yeah, they, they've already been happening. I mean – Oh, I thought I thought they still had oh. – Well, now I don't – it depends on what part of the state you're talking about. Oh, okay. But yeah, obviously so we're talking about King talking County. About. Yeah, yeah, we're talking about King County. They they start no, up. No, I, California. Oh, California. I don't know. Yeah, the, the the local teams. I know. I've watched them the last two weeks. But right. um, the uh, the Cal teams. I mean, because those. And let's be honest. I mean, th- there's lots of Washington kids that are that it's good to see and, and take a look at. But I mean, the coaches want to see some of these Cal teams too, because those are those are some of the top guys they're after too. Oh, for sure. And, and there's also yeah. guys that have already announced that they're not going to play. Like Dyson yeah. McCutcheon was one of the guys who signed yeah. already with Washington who made the decision not to do it because he just doesn't want to get hurt. He wants to yeah. take care of his business, well, what people, try to get bigger, yeah. faster, stronger before the season. Rem- what people, people need to remember is when these guys would normally have played their senior seasons, let's say you suffer an ACL injury. Um, let's say you suffer it in October of your senior season, right? Yeah, that's six months ago. Yeah, that, that, you would have had almost a full year to recover from that in time for your freshman year at the University of Washington. Well, now if you get a ACL injury, you might even be out for spring next year. And that is hugely important. Right. So that's why pushing these seasons back and I, I, I might disagree with it on a, on a, you know, one level, but I understand why they happened, why the things were pushed back. This is the consequences of pushing things back is some kids are just going to have to say, I can't do it because well, I have to be able to, to be ready to go when it's more important for me to be ready for college than it is for this. Well, that, that was going to go to my point because we're not privy to the conversations that these mm-hmm. families have with the, with the coaching staff, for instance. Mm-hmm. And the coaches may be telling them, look, you've got every opportunity. To, to to participate this fall, maybe not as a defensive player in the, in the in the example of McCutcheon, for instance. But what about special teams? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot. Of, there's still going to be a lot of opportunities for these yep. guys to grow. And and, and he's and, a pretty good punt returner, right? So. so there's there's opportunities there clearly. And if he's hearing the right things in his mind, he's like, "Am I really going to sacrifice this for a handful of games with my buddies?" On one, like you said, on one level, sounds fantastic. This is the way I want my senior season to finish out. But on another level, if I do tear up my knee, now all of a sudden, I know for sure the 2021 season's done. The 2022 season may be on ice, depending on how I recover. 
You just don't know because now all of a sudden, not only are you, uh, are you missing out on the 2021 season, but now you're behind mm-hmm. all, all the guys that came in with your class. So now you've got to look at all these guys that are healthy that are like, well, okay, I've got to take so many months to rehab and now look at, you know, I, yeah. I, I'm already behind before I even start. And, and you could, you could miss a lot of spring ball too, depending on how severe the injury was and your recovery time and, Missing out on a season is one thing when you're a freshman. Most people don't expect freshmen to play, but that's those spring practices are huge, especially yeah. the spring of your freshman year, um, where you know where you're prepping for your sophomore year, and that is huge for you to show the coaches you're ready and you're picking things up. And for him not, and, and there's a possibility of that happening. I, I totally get why he sat out. I, I don't necessarily agree with it, um, on a philosophical standpoint, but I totally get why. And, uh, hopefully it pays off for him. Yeah. I mean, there's no, there's no question that, um, you know, for true freshmen are playing more and more every year, Scott. I mean, I don't think that, I don't think that trend's going to go away anytime soon. These guys are just getting bigger, faster, stronger out of high school. They're more developed. They train 24-7, 365 now, and it's specialized. I mean, we talk to guys like Tracy Ford at Ford Sports and and um, Reggie Jones at Air and some of these other guys. I mean, they there's a, there's a specialization level to all this between high speed, you know, kind of in the ether there between high school and college where these guys are taking part above and beyond what they would normally do at high school. And that is making them way more college ready than they ever have before. And like I said, I don't, I don't see that trend changing or regressing anytime soon. So when you're in a position like Dyson McCutcheon, for instance, or some of these other kids, and you've got a chance to maybe play four or five games or look ahead to what you're going to maybe prioritize as being the more important idea of getting ready for a, for a fall 2021 campaign in college on one level. Yeah. It it feels like a no brainer. And on another level, I could see where they might be conflicted about it. Like you said. Yeah. 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 It's an interesting discussion to have for sure, but absolutely, I, I think we'll, uh, I think we'll cut it short there. I mean, we've talked a lot about the schedule, talked a lot about this, uh, stuff as well. So again, Washington's 2021 uh, football schedule has been released. It's out there for the public. Now all we need to know is the times and the channels. Um, some of that stuff will be released in the spring for maybe some of these bigger games, especially some of these bigger non-conference games, for instance. Like I would expect the Michigan, the Washington-Michigan game, the time and channel to be released, I don't know, in short order, but I would be – Really stunned if it didn't happen in the next couple months for sure. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and then after that, the ESPN Foxes. Yeah. And yeah, Apple Cup will probably be announced. Yeah. Then like, like I said, ESPN and Fox, they'll, they'll start to prioritize which conference games they want to look at, which ones they want to, uh, have first dibs on. And so that will start to come out, you know, probably early to midsummer. And then obviously once this, the season rolls on, then you get into those six and 12 day media windows where that's when ESPN gets their pick, then Fox gets their pick, and then the Pac 12 networks get their picks. Um, and, and it goes, like I said, it goes almost on a week to, to, um, bi weekly basis. 
so or bi-monthly basis. So uh, we'll see how all that stuff shakes out, but start to look for some of these big non-conference games. And, and like you said, Scott, some of these big rivalry games like the Apple Cup, Civil War, Territorial Cups, big game. Some they of those. Calling it the Civil War anymore, Chris? Oh yeah, sorry, my bad. I'll, 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 <laughs> the I'll woke edit crowd that. is gonna get all over us, dude. I'll what edit that. In, I'll edit that in post. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so all those yeah. games will start to get scheduled out and with times and channels as well. So start to look forward to, to that as we roll into spring. So for Scott Eklund, hey, this is Chris. Uh, Chris, oh. don't don't forget, we got a promo. One thing. We oh got a yeah. Promo. Well, yeah, go no, go ahead. You're rolling. Okay, sorry, sorry. I'm not trying to interrupt you or take no, over no, no, here, no, but no, uh, no, perfect. Go ahead. There's only what? What is it? 36 hours left. Yeah, it's only yeah about a day and a half. About a day and a half left. 36 hours left. 50 percent off an annual membership to Dogman.com with also CBS All Access. I mean, yeah, that means you guys get to go on and and. Watch all the CBS shows you want, and um, they have some stuff that is just for CBS, to my knowledge, uh, or just for the CBS All Access. You're not able to get it on regular CBS, so uh, definitely worth doing um, all throughout the year, but especially once we hit football season and then right into basketball season, and hopefully next year's basketball season is much better than this one. Um, just all the stuff that's going on. We have signing day in December, all those things. If you guys sign up right now, you get that annual membership. It's going to take you all the way through this time next year. That's going to get you through both signing days, the big signing day in December. And then, um, things can always happen in that January, February signing day period. And, uh, you guys definitely want to be a part of it. We've got blogs. We've got, uh, we recruiting blogs. We've got insider stories. We've got Kim and Chris's, uh, week, weekend thoughts and all those different things that happen throughout the football season and during the season, uh, or I'm sorry, during the off season, during summer. Um, I'm going to be heading out to a couple camps here to see some of these Arizona, Utah, Nevada and, and, uh, uh, California kids, uh, take part in some camps. So definitely want to be on for that. Uh, once again, it's on our front page. It's on, uh, I'm looking right here. It's on our bottom right of, it's like the fourth story, but it's pinned there. So you guys can have it. Dogman VIP membership plus CBS all access. Click there. You have another tw- uh, 36 hours, 30 hours to sign up for it. Take advantage of this because it ain't going to be around for a long. And they're saying this may never happen again. I was going to say, when you add in the CBS All Access, this makes us probably the best promotion that we're going to have all season. And the other thing, too, that people need to understand is with CB, the reason why CBS wanted to add on to this right now is that right after this promotion is done, so that, you know, this is through the end of March 3rd, so the end of Wednesday. Once Thursday hits, CBS Access becomes Paramount Plus. And I can't even begin to tell you what's on Paramount Plus, but it's going to be a lot bigger than CBS All Access. So if you get the CBS All Access Pass with this new membership, that's going to really help you going forward if you are already into what CBS All Access is all about and you want to check it out. So, again, just another perk and another reason why signing up right now is going to be a really big deal going forward for you guys. So... Just something to think about if you've been kind of toying with the idea of getting on board with Dogman. Here's another another way you can do it and just another perk to make it worth your while. And I'll add that for those that subscribe month to month, if you want to upgrade your monthly to a yearly, 
you can do it in the next 36 hours, you'll get CBS All Access included, which will then turn to Paramount+. Plus. So it's not just for the new people that want to subscribe for a yearly membership, but it's also for those that go month to month. We're throwing a pretty big carrot out there for you guys, so we're hoping that you'll want to take advantage of it. So again, we're going to finish this up right now. We're going to leave it be. Hope you had some... uh some good off time in terms of the, the winter, getting things back to normal, hopefully a little bit for you. But we're going to start ramping things up in spring, guys. Things are really going to start to uh, to gear up towards spring football. Things are looking very, very promising in terms of Washington getting their full uh, amount of practices in and then obviously leading up to the spring day on May 1st. So for Scott Eklund, this is Chris Fetters of Dogman.com. Go dogs. <laughs> From producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo, thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. Kiss the Future, new documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Go to Paramount Plus to try it free. Terms apply.